0: What a blessing. What a blessing to know that Jesus is here. Now I need you to know he is not relegated to a specific place because the God that we serve is not only omnipotent and omniscient, he's omnipresent. He is everywhere. The Holy Spirit lives inside of each of us and embodies for us the spiritual essence of the person and personality of God, the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And the Lord is here. Wherever you are, the Lord is there. And here's the wonderful thing about God being there. Uh, He is there in the midst of everything that you go through, every situation, every circumstance, every trial and tribulation. Thanks be to God that you can rejoice that the Lord is with you. That's what he said. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you. That's good news today. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our message today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. And I pray, God, that you will anoint this preaching moment, that everything that is said and done will bring glory and honor to you. We thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many believers ask the question, what's holding me back? Uh, What's keeping me from experiencing consistently the joy of the Lord in my life? What's keeping me from walking consistently in victory and in power when it comes to my walk with the Lord. And many of us have erroneously been taught and told that it's really up to us to get more of God, to get more of God. And so we go to conferences and we sign up for webinars and and we do the like trying to get more from God. We buy books and we buy uh, workshops trying to get more from God. When in actuality, the scripture is very clear that God has already given us everything we need to become what he wants us to be. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. The word of the Lord reads, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with, there it is, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. See, the truth of the matter is we don't get more from God. God needs to get more of us. He needs to get more from us. We have to learn how to lean into this idea of giving ourselves more and more to God matthew six thirty three says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you but that idea of seeking is not looking for god as much as it is committing to god the idea of giving ourselves as a priority to god so that god can get more from us today i want to continue our series being a believer every day and i want to talk today from the idea being transformed for god every day being transformed for god every day now that topic might seem a little paradoxical when you think about this idea of transformation because most of us when we think about this idea of transformation we think about it in the context of salvation But i want you to understand in romans chapter 12 verse 2 our foundational text today that the apostle paul i believe is talking about more than salvation salvation is already a given what paul is talking about in romans chapter 12 is this idea of sanctification that transformation takes place through our sanctification our dedicating ourselves to the lord And this is an ongoing, everyday process. For somebody who's listening right now, see, you're under the mindset that, well, I gave my life to the Lord, so I'm good. And that is good in terms of salvation, but the Lord wants more from you than just your readiness to go to heaven. He wants to make sure you are salt and light on the earth that you are in the perpetual process of becoming what God wants you to be. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you need to realize the world is constantly trying to conform you to its image. The world is constantly trying to conform you to its image. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the ESV translation says, Do not be conformed to this world. Let's stop right there at the A part. Do not be conformed to this world. The Message Bible says it this way. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. The Phillips uh, version of the New Testament says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold the word conform there has the idea of to fashion or to make after some would use uh, this illustration the picture of for example uh, taking jello and it's liquid form and pouring it into a mold and then chilling it. And when you pour it into the mold, whatever mold you put it in, it will take on the shape of that mold and hold that shape when it has concluded its chilling. If you were going to bake a cake, for example, and you wanted a Bundt cake, you would take that same batter, but you would put it into a cake pan that was a Bundt cake pan so you would get that shape if you wanted a sheet cake you would put it into a sheet cake pan and it would take on that shape Uh, Paul says don't be conformed to the image of the world the world literally uh, identifying that which is contrary to God's will God's word and God's way Uh, That you don't conform or look like the world in how you live and how you act. Now, what's interesting is this word conformed is in the imperative mood, the present tense. In some instances, it's in the passive or the middle voice. So it's in the imperative mood. Paul is giving them a command, don't be conformed. But here's what's interesting, it's in the present tense, which means the battle in us being conformed to the world, is not something that happens at one point and then it's done. We have overcome it at one time and then it's done. No, we are, listen to me, perpetually being placed in the position to be conformed into the image of the world. And so the Apostle Paul says, don't be conformed. Don't be molded. Don't passive voice, be conformed to the world, and middle voice, don't conform yourself to the world, right? Make sure that you understand that there is a constant battle going on. Paul says it In Romans chapter 7, right, when I would do good, evil is present. The good that I should do, that I don't do. The the bad that I shouldn't do, that's what I end up doing. I'm a wretched man because I've got this war going on inside of me. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world. There is pressure being placed on you. There is pressure being placed on me to affect us so that we end up looking and acting like those who are in the world. How, how, how do you think? Um, wh- what do you believe? How, how do you act? How, how do you live? Uh, all of those things, watch this. All of those things are affected when you conform or allow yourself to be conformed to the philosophy of living that guides those in the world. See, anything that's contrary to God's will, God's word, and God's way is of the world, and that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to get you so that you are now conformed to the image of the world. Now, I want you to think about some things. The world itself and everything in it the Bible says we'll pass away. Look at Isaiah chapter 24, verse 4. The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth language. Uh, you are not only part of a world that's fading away, but, but the writer says you are not to conform to this world. You are not to live or govern yourself according to this world. Look at James chapter 4, verse 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again: if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. See, the world tells you that it is an acceptable uh, substitute for how God wants you to live. Uh, the world tells you that that. You can make some minor adjustments, and and it's okay if you add a little bit of the world's philosophy as long as in your spirit you love God. And, 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 And the world will lead you to believe that you can do both and. And God says, no, you've got to make a commitment. You are either going to be conformed to the image of God or conformed to the world. Look at 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. It's it's this idea of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that drives us when we are being conformed to this world. And so we have the same insatiable desires as believers, as non-believers have. As a matter of fact, the only distinguishing factor between those who are unbelievers and those who are believers is not how they act Monday through Saturday, but who goes to church on Sunday. And God says, no, that's unacceptable. If you are conformed to the ways And the wiles of the world, you will display worldly attitudes, worldly actions, worldly behavior. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you had to catch yourself, not because your first thought was of the world, but because your second, third, and sometimes your last thought was worldly, in terms of how you responded to a situation or how you interacted with a person? Right? It's it's that whole idea that that Jesus points out in in the Sermon on the Mount when he's talking to his disciples. And and, and he continues to say, you you have heard, but I say unto you, right? There's a different way to live. There's a different way you need to interact with people. and, And that's the way that honors God. Somebody that's listening right now, listen, I need you to know, God wants to see your life transformed, but here's the problem. It it doesn't stop at salvation. It's a continual process, which leads me to the second thing. I told you, number one, you need to realize the world is constantly trying to conform you to its image. Here's the second thing. In order to be transformed for God every day, you must continually give God your mind. You must continually give God your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, look at the B part, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The message translation says, Instead, fix your attention on God, you'll be changed, here it is, from the inside out. The Phillips New Testament version of the Bible says, but let God remold your minds from within. That word transformed in the Greek is where we get the word metamorphosis from. It's it's a change that is evident on the outside, but it's a change that's made on the inside. The world wants to squeeze us into a mold from the outside. The Bible says we are to allow ourselves to be transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. God wants to do something special in your life, but it starts from the inside. It's this idea of committing yourself to undergoing a complete change of your thought of your attitude so that there will be a change seen in your words and in your actions now look at this word syntactically because it's important he says you've got to be transformed imperative mood again so it's a command right present tense It's not something that you do once and for all, and it has ongoing repercussions or ongoing evidence of its presence. No, you've got to continually, every day, every moment, you've got to be about the transforming of your mind, and it's in the passive voice, which means what? You cannot transform your own mind. The only way your mind can be transformed is by seeking and yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to do some, some things in you through the power of God that cannot be, ha- cannot be brought about by anything on the outside. It's about God dealing with you. Uh, let me tell you something I've noticed, especially when, when we have been hurt or there's uh, pain, evidence in our life, Um, We've got some destructive habits or hang-ups. Typically, uh, the first thing many people do is try to justify their hurt, their hang-ups, their habits. And they justify that pain based on what has happened in the past and then allow that hurt, that pain, those destructive habits to be manifested and perpetrated against other people. You've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Um, Just over the last month, I've been able to look at my own family in a very real sense, and I don't have time to tell you all of the story, but but what I've been able to see is how the hurt in one man, the hurt in one man— that was perpetrated against him by those in a previous generation, how that has had far-reaching ramifications in his children, his grandchildren, and his great-grandchildren, right? That if, if, if that hurt and that pain is not viewed and, and, and not acknowledged and not accepted, it cannot be addressed. And healing can only come by the power of God. Healing can only come by the power of God. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that idea of renewing is the idea of, of a renovation or, or a remodeling, right? A, a renewing. Let's, let's change what it looks like. One of my favorite stations to watch is HGTV. And, and while you see some shows where they focus on a complete uh, renovation or, or restoration some are just remodeled in other words uh, a person will come in with fresh eyes and in fresh eyes there's one show in particular that i'm thinking about uh, she, she i think it's called reno with no demo right she she comes in and she doesn't look to demolish anything she just changes uh flows and changes paint and changes decor and gives the house an entire new look and new feel Paul says, you can only be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not the changing of your address, it's the changing of your attitude. And it has to be done on the inside, not on the outside. That idea of renewing your mind, your intellect, your, your cognitive ability. How can we change how you process information, how you how you see things. And and, and can I tell you something? The, the, The God of this world, Satan, wants to do what? He wants to blind your mind. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Listen, a blinded mind is far more detrimental than blinded eyes. Frank Sinatra declared that Ray Charles was the only musical genius he had ever met. And it's reported that Ray Charles, his mother, said to him, uh You're you're blind, but you're not stupid. Uh, Your mind still works even if your eyes don't. And and don't live your life as if you are blind mentally. Right? Listen, every one of us, God is calling for us to have our minds transformed. Now, remember what I said because I don't want you to miss this. First, you can have a saved soul and a blinded mind. And can I tell you the mistakes that many believers make? Many believers, the mistake that they make is they think because they are saved, that means everything that they think is sanctified. They make the mistake of thinking because they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior because they believe something that belief must be of God because they are a child of God. And they don't understand, my brothers and sisters, and you need to understand, that even in our state of salvation, we can still do some stinking thinking. If we're not careful, if we don't allow God to continue to transform our minds, And recognize that that is a daily battle, that the devil will pull us back into some bad thoughts and some evil places. He will continue to pull us down when the Holy Ghost is trying to raise us up. I'm always always careful. I'm always careful to say, God told me something. I think about the test of the prophets, who if they prophesied that God said that something was going to happen and it didn't happen, they could be stoned to death. How many times do people say, oh, God told me or the Spirit led me? I've had situations where where five people looking at the same situation, all five of them said the Spirit was leading them in a certain way or the Spirit was telling them and they were being told each something different from the other. Now, you and I know that the Spirit of God is not about confusion. So the question is, who was lying or who was telling the truth? And maybe all five of them were wrong, but they were quickly attributing their ideology, their belief, their commitment to what the Lord put on their hearts because they were looking for some kind of validation from God. Or at least they wanted to pretend like they had some validation from God. Somebody ought to hear me today when I say to you, this idea of the transforming of your mind, it has to be a daily activity. You have to literally allow God to continue to transform you, to continue to make you better, not in terms of what you do, but to start in how you think, right? Because how you think your attitude is going to shape and determine your action, and you cannot continue to justify bad thinking just because you've been saved by a good God. You must allow yourself to be transformed by the power of God. You must live that transformed life and walk day by day by asking the Lord to renew your mind every day it is only when you yield your life to god and say lord make me into what you want me to be see usually when we pray come on let's be honest all right you don't want to be honest i'm going to be honest many times especially in my early walk with god i spent time praying god give me give me give me give me this is what i want god this is what i want you to give me god this is what i want you to do for me god And what I've come to understand is that the things of this world will be left behind. Moth will eat them. Rust will corrupt them. Thieves will steal them. And that the purpose of God for my life is not me getting and accumulating a bunch of stuff, but it's becoming who he wants me to be. And if stuff gets in the way of me becoming who God wants me to be, then guess what? The stuff doesn't need to come because why? I have a higher calling on my life to become what God wants me to be. Mark chapter 12 verse 30 reads, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Let the Spirit renovate your mind and your attitude. Let the Spirit of God bring healing into your mind and into your spirit. Let the Spirit of God move on the inside. 1 John 2, verse 17, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. My brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. The idea of being conformed or being transformed is a daily battle. And the only way we can win is to allow God to transform us and not allow the world to conform us. And we have to recognize that, that that conforming to the world can be very subtle at times. You can be part of an organization, a, a political party, an ideology. And, and you might agree with one tenet and not agree with eight other tenets. But if you wholeheartedly stand under that banner and refuse to stand for what God honors, which is truth, because all truth belongs to God, and you continue to foster and support a lie in the name of supporting one banner, When the other eight are false, then I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, you are being conformed, not to the image of God, but you're being conformed to the image of the world. If you can stand next to people who don't love God, stand next to people who hate their brothers and their sisters, then I submit to you because the Bible says you can't love God whom you have never seen and hate me and you see me every day. Come on, that's Bible. And the question is, are you being conformed or are you being transformed? For somebody who's watching right now, you haven't changed in 50 years. And I submit to you, maybe you've been more conformed than transformed. Because I believe there's a sense where in the transformation process, day by day, moment by moment, The Holy Ghost should be challenging you about changes that you need to make in your life and in your living. Transformation, salvation may be once and for all, but sanctification is a day-by-day process. And so for somebody today, I want to close by asking you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how can you transform me to deal with my hurts, my habits, my hang-ups? How can you help me find healing for those things that are still in my mind, that are still affecting my spirit, that still affect how I behave? How can you facilitate and bring healing into my life? so that I can really hear from you and really become who you want me to be. Despite everything that's happened in my past, God, how can you bring healing so that now my brokenness doesn't hinder me, but it becomes a testimony to the power and goodness of God in my life? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for the challenge that you give us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the understanding that that transforming cannot be done by us, but it must be allowed by us. That we cannot, and we do not have the power to transform ourselves, but we do have the power to allow ourselves to be transformed by you. I pray, God, that we would lean into what it means to find healing in you, to help us move forward in a way that would be for our good, our growth, and ultimately for your glory. We love you and we ask these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching today, wherever you are, and you have never asked Jesus Christ into your life, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. If you would click on the link that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? We will walk you through how to pray the prayer of salvation and ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life if you're looking for a church home to be a part of on the digital platform. Uh, Maybe you don't live inside the Houston metropolitan area boundaries. Uh, There are those of you who are watching in 133 other countries. I wanna give you an opportunity to become part of our church family. We are uh, working hard to make sure that we can facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. And if you have a question about How can you do that? Just drop us a note and we'll share our thoughts with you as we work through this process to help people all over the world fulfill their potential in Jesus Christ. Uh, We've been doing some great and, and wonderful things here at our church, but we believe that the best is yet to come. And if we can help encourage you to become the salt and light that God is calling you to be in your locale, in your place of residence, in your neighborhood, in your community. We want to help you to do that. And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But if you want to become part of our church, just click on that link and we'll show you how to become part of our church family. We've had several virtual baptisms over this last year and we're going to continue to trust God to show us uh, the new things that he wants us to see in order to continue to do the work that God has called us to do I want to thank those of you who have been supporting our church in your giving um, whether it was our 149th church anniversary or just your regular giving I want to thank you and for those of you who would like to worship the Lord in giving uh, you can give in one of six ways on the digital platform. And we praise God for that faithfulness. That faithfulness is allowing us uh, to do great things to the glory of God. I just got a report this past week that in 2020, uh, we distributed over 750,000 pounds of food through our food bank. Over 750 thousand pounds of food and if we include what we have done this year we are well over a million pounds of food distributed God has been doing some great things yeah give God some praise wherever you are for that I mean we thank God for that Uh, we've had three rounds of COVID vaccinations offered here on our campus we've been doing COVID testing we've got several more coming up and I want to encourage those of you who may be hesitating Get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Now remember, the vaccine will not necessarily keep you from getting COVID, but it is intended to keep you from dying from COVID. And just got word of a friend who was younger than me, who contracted COVID-19 and ended up dying of the disease just in the last week or two. And man, I was just shocked to hear that. And, And I want to encourage you to get that vaccine. Um, I will tell you of another friend who got his vaccines. As a matter of fact, he got his vaccinations the same day that I did and he tested positive for COVID-19. He tested positive um, probably now two, three months after he got his final vaccine, but he had no symptoms. Uh, He was literally asymptomatic and he was able to quarantine himself and get over it and the vaccine could run its course but it didn't take them down and it didn't take them out and so the vaccine is not only for you but it's also to help you protect other people as well because you don't want to be asymptomatic and spread the virus to somebody who may not have gotten vaccinated and we're going to have to change the goal you all we're going to have to change it you know from thinking okay we're not going to get it to literally we're going to have to learn how to live with it uh, we're planning in June to have our first public soft opening and we'll be sharing with you in the coming weeks the registration for that. Um, We're going to go to about a third of our capacity in our sanctuary and we're trusting that God is going to lead us and guide us. Our COVID advisory task force here at our church is mapping out how we can really do this in the safest way possible and you know, leaving doors open and and making sure that we do everything we can to make sure we have ventilation and and we're protecting one another. And we're going to give it a try and see how it goes. And we'll be monitoring those who come, uh, make sure we do any contact tracing to make sure if any of them test positive, we can track down where and when that happened uh, because we want to be good stewards. We lost two of our members early on in this fight and we've probably had another 30 to forty who have contracted the virus over the last year, but we have been erring on the side of caution. And so we're gonna continue to do that, all right? Listen, last but not least, uh, let me just say again, thank you for the privilege of your time. I appreciate you being with us. If you've been blessed by this message, uh, make sure you like us, make sure you put something in the chat, send us an email, and let us know how you've been blessed by this message. We're gonna continue the next couple of weeks and Romans chapter 12. Uh, I have an anniversary coming up, and I'm looking forward to that celebration. 27 years that I have been here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. We will be celebrating that uh, in June, and uh, then we look forward to working our way through the rest of the summer, and then starting back with uh, Joy Campaign 2.0. We will pick up in Philippians chapter 2. And we look forward to what God is going to do in our life individually as well as what he's going to do through us personally and through our church corporately. All right? Last but not least, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And can I tell you something? Sometimes you may not see it at the moment, but you've got to trust God, not for the snapshot in your life, not for the picture in your life, before the whole picture, the motion picture, the movie, right? You've got to look at it and recognize that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All right? God bless you, and God be with you. Until next time.